the Grafton Youth Group, we've, uh, Christina, Elizabeth, and I have been with them um, all year, and they have dealt with us all year. And I just want to thank them for being an awesome youth group. We've had lots of fun getting to know you guys, and I can't think of a more fitting way to spend my last Sunday at MBBI than with you guys. So thanks for coming out and supporting me. Hopefully this is good and you don't fall asleep and it's all good. But sometimes Josh speaks for like 45 minutes, so I don't quite think I'll hit that much. So I think we're good. Um, Just before I start, I'm going to open up in um, a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for tonight. Thank you that the Grafton youth could come out and just thank you that all of us MBBI students are gathered here. Thank you that you've brought us through this incredible year of just bonding together and digging into your word and realizing who you are and how powerful you are, God. And I pray that um, as I speak from my heart and from your word right now, Lord, that it would be your words and not my own. I pray that I would be um, accurate to your truth. And I pray that uh, your spirit would just help me and be with us all. Help us to be attentive to your word, Lord. Help us um, just to finish this year strong and um, help us to learn that and and learn serving you outside of MBBI, learn about serving you um, in various aspects um, through um, your word tonight, Lord. In your name, amen. Well, David told you last week that I was going to carry on preaching um, where he had stopped, but I need to tell you that David lied to you all. Yes, but before you point any fingers, it's not his fault, because I told him I was going to, and then um, God just kind of changed my plans and laid something else on my heart, so I'm going to go with that, so it's my fault, Um, don't blame David, just to clear that up now. Um... As I thought about this passage that I'm going to speak from, which is Isaiah 40, starting at verse 27. So if you have your Bibles, you can open up to there. Isaiah 40, 27. I thought about the fact that um, all of us students are going to be uh, leaving here soon. And we're going to go out and we're going to be serving God this summer, maybe in a job or at camp or uh, maybe we're finishing our third year. And we're going to go out into the world outside of our, our little school here. And we're going to face the world. And I just thought about, I was, I was really thinking about life in general and what it means to serve God in general. And I thought about how life is kind of like a journey. And I thought of in the movies when um, you watch this epic movie and the main character goes on this huge journey and there's... Um, just dangerous feats that they have to go through and wild adventure and it's all trying to attain this one goal. They're willing to lay anything on the line. They're willing to go through so many challenges. Um, They're willing to slay dragons or uh, fight ogres or go in sailing through the ocean. They're willing to do crazy things just to get to this main goal. And that might even include laying their life on the line. And that's kind of like our spiritual journey. 
our spiritual journey is just as epic. It's just as intense. Um, and it's, it's working towards that main goal of following God, of bringing glory to God in our lives. And that's what this passage kind of made me reflect on. It made me reflect on serving God wholeheartedly in our spiritual, spiritual journey. It made me think of our, us as MBBI students and the road that's ahead. I don't know if this is working, but I have a PowerPoint. Um, but it's called The Road Ahead. And um, I thought of the graph in youth, too, and kind of how you have to live for God in your, in your schools, and you have to live for God in the summer, whatever you're doing. Um, and I think some of you are getting closer and closer to finishing school. Eric, you're graduating. You have life ahead of you. You have the road ahead. And that's what I really want to focus on um, from this passage and what God has in store for us and how God um, wants to help us. Starting in verse 27 of Isaiah 40. Why do you say, O Jacob, and assert, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and the justice due me escapes the notice of my God? Do you not know, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not become weary or tired? His understanding is inscrutable. He gives strength to the weary, and to him who lacks might, he increases power. Though youths grow weary and tired, and vigorous young men stumble badly, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. The first thing that we need to think about on the road ahead, and when we follow God, is that God is our trailblazer. God is setting the road for us. And that's the road that he wants us to follow him in. But also God is our provision for the journey. He gives us energy for the journey. He helps us and gives us strength to follow him. So not only is he setting the path, he's helping us follow him in that path. And in um, verses 27 and 28, we're going to see that he's our trailblazer. But before I get to that, I just want to give this passage a little bit of context so that we can understand where it's coming from in our Bibles. Um, you see, God had established this nation of Israel in the Old Testament. The Old Testament focuses on Israel all the way through, focuses on God establishing this nation um, and God being faithful to this nation. But Israel was rebelling against God. Israel was doing what God told them not to do. And God kept warning them over and over and over again um, to turn from their sin, to follow Him, because God wanted this nation to be an example to all the other nations around them. But Israel continued to rebel and continued to rebel, even after God warned them and gave them many second chances. And He told them, that if they didn't turn from their rebellion, they were going to face severe consequences because there's consequences to our sin. So Israel was taken into exile. They were captured by this foreign nation. And as you see, if the map... Oh, the map's not up. Okay. But you have Jerusalem. 
you have Israel all the way over here, and then all the way over here, you have Babylon. And Israel was the promised land where God had established um, this nation. But he took them out of the promised land. He allowed the enemy nation to come and take them into captive in Babylon. But now it's been years, and now they're preparing to come back. And Isaiah's prophecy in this chapter is encouraging them for the road ahead, the hard journey ahead, back to the promised land. He's encouraging them for all that they're going to have to face. Um, And it's going to be a lot of discouragement because they're going to have to completely rebuild um, their cities, completely rebuild their lives back in this land. Verse 27 opens with saying, Why do you say, O Jacob, and assert, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and the justice due me escapes the notice of my God? Jacob and Israel were basically asking, basically wondering, why does it seem like God doesn't care about us anymore? Not only were they thinking that, they were saying it. They were completely doubting that God cared about them at all anymore. When we read, my way is hidden from the Lord, that means my life, my actions, what I'm doing. And when we read, um, the justice due me escapes the notice of my God, um, they thought that God wasn't judging the nation that had taken them captive, even though they were his promise, they were his people. They basically thought that God had just completely forgotten about them and didn't want to have anything to do with them anymore. But it's kind of ironic because their name is Jacob and Israel, and those names come from the very fact that God established them and promised to be faithful to them all the time. Sometimes, in the road ahead, we may feel like God doesn't care about us anymore. And, I mean, we're not, the church is not Israel, and we're not Israel, but the same idea is still, the same principle is still in our lives. Sometimes we feel like God has forgotten about us, that our lives are hidden from him, and that he doesn't care enough anymore. So, when we're following God in the road ahead, when we're following him in the path of life, we need to be encouraged by the fact that God is faithful, and God doesn't forget about us. In another spot in Isaiah, Isaiah 49, 14, um, Jerusalem said this, But Zion said, The Lord has forsaken me, and the Lord has forgotten me. And then in Ezekiel thirty-seven eleven, they said, Behold, our bones are dried up, and our hope has perished. We're completely cut off. But right after those verses, God also says, Can a woman forget her nursing child and have no compassion on the son of her womb? Even these may forget, but I will not forget you. Behold, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. Israel says, God has forsaken us. God doesn't care about us. But God says to Jerusalem, I care. Can a mother 
forget about her child. And even if a mother could forget about her child, I'll remember you all the more. I'm not going to forget about you. You're graven on the palm of my hand. You're in my palm. And you might say, well, that's good for Israel that God isn't forgetting about them. But what about me when um, the road is hard and the road is tough and I feel like God's forgotten and, and I can't keep serving him? It's too difficult at school to serve God because no one understands why I would even want to follow God. Or it's too difficult when I'm home over the summer from MBBI because my family doesn't get me. Or my friends think I'm silly for coming to study the Bible. What about then? Well, God also cares about each of us personally. John 10.3 says, To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his, Jesus' voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. You see, Jesus is the great shepherd. And each of us who have genuinely put our faith in Jesus Christ and his work on the cross, um, we are his sheep. We are his flock. And he knows each of us by name. He knows who you are. He knows every thought. It can't escape from him. And he cares about you. 1 Peter 5.7 says, Casting all your anxiety which can be understood as personal concerns, personal concerns, the thoughts of your mind, the things you worry about. We can cast all of our anxiety on him because he cares for us. We can think of him caring for us affectionately. God is our trailblazer on the road of life. He creates the path. Say we're following him through the woods. He's knocking the trees out of the way. He's clearing the way. But the thing is, he doesn't make the path perfectly smooth. He leaves some trunks, some rocks to maybe trip over along the way. But that doesn't mean he's forgotten about us. It's because if the path was too smooth, we wouldn't be able to depend on him. And we heard that a lot from David last week. In verse 28, we read read Isaiah responding to Israel essentially saying, God doesn't care about me. Isaiah says, Do you not know? Have you not heard? That basically means, shouldn't you know this? Isn't this obvious? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not become weary or tired. and His understanding is inscrutable. Do you not know? Have you not heard? That question is also a few verses before verse 28 and verse 21. When we read, do you not know? Have you not heard? Isn't this obvious? Haven't you already heard this? Don't you already know um, this truth from the beginning? Have you not understood the foundations of the earth? It is he, God, who sits above the circle of the earth and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers. God is huge almighty and powerful. And we read, the inhabitants of the earth, the people of the earth, are like grasshoppers to him. And yet he cares about us. And Isaiah says, shouldn't this be obvious? As Christians sometimes, shouldn't it be obvious to us that God cares about us? We know in the Bible that God cares about us 
We've been taught it in class. We've been taught it in church and youth group all along. Should we not know that God is almighty, that God is powerful? Yet sometimes we still think God doesn't care about me. The road is too tough. But that's because we need to follow God on the road of life to his destination. It's so easy for us to get distracted and want to wander down our own little trail and make our own path or just go wandering through the woods and then eventually fall off a cliff or something. We, we want to turn back and, and not follow God. But he says, follow me. We read, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth. The ends of the earth. You see, Israel was taken captive into Babylon. And in that day, that felt like the end of the earth. That felt like it was really, really far away from their promised land, the land God had promised them. But God created the whole world. Nothing is out of his reach. And again, we are not Israel, and Israel is not the church, but the same principle applies in the, form, in, the, in the sense that nothing is out of God's reach in the road ahead, in the road of life. God is completely powerful. I just want to read um, verses 12 um, through to 16, and then verse 18 of the same chapter of Isaiah. Because it just explains how strong, how almighty, how powerful God is. And that's the God that we're following on the road of life. So just listen carefully. Verse 12 of Isaiah 40. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, and marked off the heavens by the span, and calculated the dust of the earth by the measure, and weighed the mountains in a balance, and the hills in a pair of scales? Who has directed the Spirit of the Lord, or as his counselor has informed him? With whom did he consult, and who gave him understanding? And who taught him in the path of justice, in the path of knowledge, and informed him of the way of understanding? That's a rhetorical question. No one. No one at all. Behold, the nations are like a drop from a bucket, and are regarded as a speck of dust on the scales. Behold, he lifts up the islands like fine dust. Even Lebanon is not enough to burn, nor its beasts enough for a burnt offering. And verse 18, To whom then will you liken God? Or what likeness will you compare with him? God is huge and powerful. We read in verse 28, He's everlasting, no beginning, no ending. And that's who we're trusting when we follow him on the road of life. And that's who God, that's who Isaiah, sorry, wanted to remind um, these Israelites that were in exile, that they were following. He wanted to remind them as they faced the discouragements of life that they were following this almighty, this powerful God. Wearsby said, if you look at God through your circumstances, he will seem small and very far away. But if you have faith, you look at your circumstances through God. He will draw very near to you and reveal his greatness to you. 
We need to think of God's character. Think of who we know God to be. And that's how we understand life. When we try to make sense of life without knowing who God is, then life is discouraging and confusing and nothing makes sense and we just want to give up. But when we know how powerful God is, the God who the peoples of the earth are like a grasshopper to, the God who the nations as earth as a speck, that powerful God, that God who still knows our name and cares about us, we remember who, that's who God is. And then we focus on life through that. Suddenly, things make more sense. Or maybe they don't necessarily fully make sense, but we know we can at least trust him. So God is our trailblazer in the road of life. And we need to trust in him to follow him to the destination that he's bringing us to, that he's clearing the road to. But God is also our provision for the journey. Because we can't do the journey of life. We can't live life on our own strength. And Israel had to learn the same lesson. You see, Israel, Israel's, one of Israel's greatest sins was that they were prideful. They thought that they could live life the way they wanted to. They could live life in rebellion to God. And that's, what, that's how they ended up in exile from their promised land, from their nation, from their homeland. But God remind, but Isaiah, sorry, through, God through Isaiah, in verses 29 to 30, reminds them that they can't do it on their own strength. Verse 29 reads, He gives strength to the weary, and to him who lacks might, he increases power. Though youths grow weary and tired, and vigorous young men stumble badly. Though youths grow tired, though vigorous young men stumble. Basically, we're reminded here that even the strongest couldn't make the journey. The journey from Babylon to back to their land, back to Jerusalem, was 1,440 kilometers. In a time when they didn't have airplanes and comfortable cars and it was hot and tiring and they had to live off the land. It was exhausting. And even the strongest young men would be tired, would stumble. And it's, it's the same, it was the same with Israel's spiritual life too. And in our life as well, in our spiritual life as well, even the strongest of us can't do it on our own strength. Even the people that look like they have it completely all together, um, that nothing ever goes wrong to them, if it's on their own, in their own strength, they're going to grow weary and tired and they're going to mess up. And sometimes in our Christian walk, in the road of life, 
we get distracted and we think, this isn't the right road. Maybe I should have been following that guy that had all the money and success and fame. Maybe I should have done that. Because that person, they looked like life was just perfect for them. But the thing is, in our own strength, we're always going to falter. We need to rely on God's strength alone. Verse, or Isaiah 5.21 reads, Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and clever in their own sight. 1 Corinthians 3.18.20 reads, If any man among you thinks that he is wise in his age, he must become foolish. So then let no one boast in men. Our strength is going to become exhausted. Israel was thoroughly burdened from what had befallen upon them. And in our lives, we're going to exhaust our own strength in the road ahead. But we need to be thankful and praise God that it doesn't end there. That in the road of life, God carries us and helps us and strengthens us Verse 31 reads, Yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. So for those Israelites that had to face all the discouragement that was ahead, the struggles of trying to rebuild in their homeland, the tough journey ahead. They're encouraged. Those who wait on the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. God was literally going to strengthen them for the journey. And that just shows God's faithfulness. The same Israel that was saying, are my ways hidden from God? Does God not care about me at all? There's a promise that God is going to strengthen them. That it's not over. And though there was consequences to their sin, and though they had faced that terrible fate, God wasn't done with them. And it's the same thing in our journey ahead. As we leave here, as we leave MBBI, and we try to live for God, and we go out and follow Him, or as we're in school, and we're in church, we face graduation, and we think of life ahead of us, we're going to become exhausted, just thoroughly exhausted in our own strength. But we can have that same strength that God promised to Israel. That's, that we serve the same God. And as Christians, God promised us that we could live in the power of His Spirit. We may feel that we're exhausted from following God and it's getting us nowhere. 
We might even feel this summer that our ministry is becoming pointless, so we're not effective. Or we may just be discouraged by how messed up the world is. Or we may find the world very tempting, and we want to live for the things of the world. Or we just we want to give up living for God because it makes no sense to some of our family or our friends who don't want to live for God. But God wants us to remember that we can mount up with wings like eagles. But first we have to wait on the Lord. And that means trust. That means hope. That means meditating on who God is. That means going to God and pouring our hearts out in prayer when we need to. That means living by his word and going to his word every day. And then we gain new strength. New is renew. It's to exchange. It's taking off all the doubts, worries, confusions, being tired, being faint, being weary. It's taking it off like an old article of clothing, throwing it aside and putting on God's strength, facing the road ahead with God's strength, following God on the road he has paved for us, being carried by him. When I think of mounting up on wings like eagles, running and not getting tired, walking and not getting weary, I think of three different areas that we might need encouragement for in our own lives. Mounting up on wings like eagles. Wearsby likens it to soaring in times of trouble. Soaring in times of crisis. When we have no other option. Eagles can fly without resting up to 300 kilometers a day. They can carry half of their weight and they can fly as high as 10,000 feet, no problem. And God says, I will mount you up on wings like eagles. God will help us, strengthen us, enable us in times of crisis when we need to soar above the problems, when we need to carry burdens that are too heavy for us. Run and not get tired. I think of how in our life, in the road ahead, we need to flee temptation. And we need to run through a world that is completely messed up. Sometimes you have no other option but to just run away from temptation. And so you need God's strength for that. You can't face the things that are going to tempt you outside of MBBI, um, things that are going to tempt you in life, in school, with your friends. You can't face those things in your own strength. You need to rely on God's strength. And sometimes I just get discouraged by how messed up the world is. But we can run through those problems when we follow God. We can run with God's strength. That doesn't mean they're going to go away. But we can run His strength. And finally, the one that encourages me the most is walk and not become weary. Sometimes the hardest thing to do is to rely on God in the daily grind of life. It's easy to soar in times of crisis sometimes. But when it comes down to the little things, 
to being home and back with your family and maybe parents that get on your nerves or family members that don't understand you or a boss that's kind of hard to live for or work for um, or when it comes to just going to school and going to school over and over again, routine, or even going to church and nothing seeming to make sense, or you're only going to church because your parents want you to. Those little things that get to you in the daily grind of life, God wants you to surrender it to Him. It's, it's hard to give up those little things to Him, but we can walk with a steady pace through life with His strengthening. I got Christina to read Psalm 103, 1-5. It reads, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. And then verse 5 reads, um, reads, Who satisfies your years with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. Are you going to Are you going to follow God on the road ahead? Are you going to trust Him as your trailblazer? Are you going to trust Him to be your strength for the journey? Just like Israel needed to trust God with what was ahead of them, we also need to trust God with the road ahead of us outside of MBBI. As you leave here, Don't let the world around you wear down on you in the daily grind. Don't fall and run after the things of the world. Run away. And soar on on wings like eagles in times when you just need to rely on God's strength. But do it all on his own strength because you can't do it in your own. Psalm 56.4 reads, In God, whose word I praise... In God I have put my trust. I shall not be afraid. What can mere man do to me? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that you strengthen us. Thank you that even though life is confusing and complicated sometimes, and even though serving you in our generation can just seem overwhelming. You strengthen us. Help us to wait upon you, God. Help us to trust and hope in you no matter what. Help us to trust and hope in you in our ministries. Help us to serve you outside of MBBI. Lord, I pray for the Grafton youth. I pray that they will just be passionate about serving you and living their lives for you. They will be passionate about living a life that pleases you and glorifies you. And thank you for their friendship, Lord. And I pray for the MBBI students that as they face the road ahead, they would not forget the things that they have learned this year. Things that should be obvious to us. Things that we shouldn't forget. And we should live out in the world. Help us to not forget you. Help us to not feel like you've forgotten us. But help us to remember who you are, your character, 
your strength, your might. And remember who you are in the world. Remember who you are that we're serving. And we thank you and praise you that we can serve you and live for you. And we thank you and praise you that you are such a powerful God and that we have messed up and we have sinned, yet you still know us by name. You gave us a second chance and that we can put our faith and trust in you. Thank you for that. And help us to serve you wholeheartedly, to serve you on the road ahead. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.